listening to Games from the Cellar, the board gaming podcast featuring authentic board game conversations. I'm Steven, your host, and tonight I was joined by Chris, Sam, and Cody to play Sentinels of the Multiverse. Adrian, tell us about Sentinels of the Multiverse. Well, Sentinels of the Multiverse, designed by Christopher Bedell, Paul Bender, and Adam Robotaro, was first published by Greater Than Games in 2011. Sentinels was nominated for a Golden Geek Award in 2012 for Best Card Game. At the time of this recording, Sentinels of the Multiverse has a 7.2 rating with 16,000 ratings on Board Game Geek and a ranking of 546. It is a 2-5 player-like complexity game and should be played in about 30-60 to 60 minutes. Thank you, honey. And thank you for joining us in the cellar as we go in-depth with Sentinels of the Multiverse. So we're going to play Sentinels of the Multiverse today, and already I'm a little leery because I think I picked a very complicated villain that's going to make things a little difficult, but we're going to soldier through, and um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, So I was looking, I think 2015 was the last time that we played this. That doesn't feel right. Well, it's the last time I played this. That might be true. You guys may have played it without me, but um, I recall it was a um, game-a-thon at Games and Stuff. They used to do like a Black Friday all-day gaming situation. So the day after Thanksgiving, after you've woken up from your food coma, you could go to Games and Stuff, and they would be open for like 18 hours straight. I remember that. Those were good days. Yes. Those were, that was our fun. We ended up playing, I think, three games back-to-back that day of Sentinels of the Multiverse. I, and, I do remember that. And fun fact, I believe that was the day that um, John also introduced us to Wings for the Baron. Chris has never played this game before. So, Sam, tell us what it's all about. This is a superhero card game. We each have a hero that we're playing as with a deck of cards. There is a villain that we're playing against. They have a villain deck. They Everybody has hit points. There's an environment deck. Um, it's pretty straightforward. I remember this as being one of those games where uh, the rules aren't complicated because you just do what the card says to do. Mm-hmm. And that'll do it. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, it's kind of in the vein of... Like Pathfinder, the advent, the adventure card game, I think was directly there's a yeah, there's a whole influenced by this. There there's a whole host of yeah, like a whole adventure, bunch of like even the, a lot of the campaign games these days have kind of a similar running gear where there's there's something that you're going against that has either a deck or some kind of automa that basically plays against you, so that you don't have to have that DM role. Yeah, and there's. There's no deck building in this, Mm -hmm. which I think is a lot of the more recent games in this vein have some sort of deck building, even Mm -hmm. if it's just drafting. Yeah. But there's absolutely elements of like uh, Thunderstone or, uh, what is it, the Legendary Aliens game? That sort of thing. Yeah, you just, you know, you you have a hand of cards, you play them, and you try to do as much damage as you can before... You get knocked out by the the bad stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is one of the first of that kind. I know it's. It feels like it's been around for a while. Yeah. So 2011, uh, BGG says. Um, Whether well, I th- I think there's since been a second edition. 
Okay. That kind of cleaned up some of the cards, like kind of cleared up some ambiguities and stuff. But everything, all indications say, if you have a complete set of the first edition, there's no reason to that okay. you need to switch. It yeah. was just a, hey, we're going to put it out again. Let's go ahead and clean some things up type of situation. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, we're missing John, or you know, I think. I tend to think of as being the one with the best uh, board game historian chops. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't think John particularly cared for this one that much. I don't think he did either. I feel like I recall him saying that he never wanted to play this one again. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't like hand management. He doesn't like so... hand management. He doesn't like card play when he thinks there should be dice. Yeah. I know that was his, like, main hang-up with... He might like this more if you just, like, roll a die for damage or yeah, something. Yeah, if, if there were some dice included in here somewhere... I mean, they 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 somehow managed to make what 40, 40 characters over all of the different expansions, and I think like twenty villains, and none of them roll a dice. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I was looking through my cards, and I've got a lot of deal one damage, deal two damage, and I don't know. I, I would probably be a little more excited about playing a card to deal one damage if it was like one d six damage. Mm-hmm. Now I know there are some cards that you know do big damage. Yeah. And is there a card that if you do it, <clears throat> it's unblocked, it does 20 points of damage? All right, Chris. All too easy. You don't got to bring that up. Um, Cody, you've not been on the podcast before, have you? No, this is my first time. I'm a listener. I'm the first listener on the podcast. No, Cody uh, Cody is probably the last of the normal people that you will hear on the podcast. Uh, not normal, but regular people. Not regular members of the group. Yeah, I've been mentioned yeah. a bunch, and I feel like Jeremy's made it. Jeremy's been on. Ed's been on. Ed's been on. I don't and then think. Cody is. I think Cody is going to be the last, yeah. the last one that we have it included. So, Cody, are you excited to be on the podcast? Yeah, I wanted to be uh, at the gaming weekend, but just didn't line up with the games that were recorded. So, um, yeah, going back, you've listened to all the episodes. Are there any in particular that you kind of wish you had been around for? Uh, Wings for the Baron, definitely. Okay, well. I've now missed two episodes of. We'll I'm probably, sure there'll be a, We'll probably play it again. Another revisit. Which episode would you like to have been part of? Uh, oh, boy. Between the campaign and the standard. I think I've only played the campaign. And that's all you should play. Mm. Well, I'd probably enjoy the standard. I heard Just because Chris doesn't feelings. like it. Chris is the only uh, holdout at this point. Okay. Yeah. I just, of the three I could, of you who played, that's one third. Yeah. That could be an outlier. You know, like you said in the last game that we we did the podcast where you said, I don't know if I would have liked it if I didn't win. So I didn't win. I didn't like it. Maybe if I had done better, I would have liked it. But And actually, that was really good <laughs> feedback that I gave to the guy that's developing the new version. I told him, I was like, at the end of the game, Chris had four cards that were completely useless on both sides, like the top and the bottom. Yep. And I told him, I was like, these were the cards you should probably balance the top and the bottom so that at least on the bottom there's some good actions. Because it feels really bad when you draw an Aileron's card at the end of the game when everybody has done... I mean, Aileron's is like the first technology card that you play out. Maybe you could have it where if you have four research cards, you can turn them in for any one. So you're you're overcomplicating things. Yeah, I don't think that's the answer. He just needs to like flip... When he reprints the cards, he needs to flip the... uh, the event at the bottom on a couple of those aileron cards to something that makes more sense for the end game. All right. Sentinels of the universe. <laughs> Multiverse. Multiverse. All right. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and give this a shot. Um, 
I'm playing Captain Cosmic. I've never played this character before. Um, reading online, he's uh, kind of an analog for the Green Lantern. Nice. So we'll see how that works out. I think, uh, Cody, who do you have? Uh, Expatriate, which is... Uh, like the Punisher, I think? Yeah, kind of giving me a Punisher vibe. Kind of a Punisher vibe, She's yeah. got a gun. Yeah, a couple guns. Lots of guns. And then Expatriate even kind of like yeah. says Punisher. Yeah. Sam? I'm playing uh, Tachyon. Okay. The quickest woman on Earth. She's a speedster. Yep. She's like the Flash, except uh, less cool, I think. I guess it depends on her power set because it's just it the literally Flash for a very long time was a very lame hero, and then Jeff Johns got a hold of him, and I'm gonna kind of comic burn comic book nerd out on you a little bit, but Jeff Johns got a hold of the Flash, he got a hold of Green Lantern, and he got a hold of like that whole ethos and just completely turned it into what it is now and made it really cool because before they were kind of lame oh no i just meant her costume is pretty lame oh yeah well she's, she's wearing, really quick you're never gonna see she's it, like so. she's like wearing a tank top and and yoga pants with looks, like some red highlights uh she has red circles on her that apparently blur when she runs it looks more like a quicksilver outfit than a yeah she's not even outfit. wearing a mask i feel like superheroes she's got goggles she does have goggles in some pictures she's even a scientist with a lightning motif like She's the Flash. She's the Flash. Who are you playing, Chris? Oh, Absolute Zero. Well, when I saw the list of who the choices were, I, I obviously went down and looked for Ghost Rider, but of course he wasn't on the list. So I looked for any character that had been played by Nicolas Cage and was unsuccessful. So my next choice was Absolute Zero. But he does ice damage and he does fire damage, so it's kind of like there is the part of the Ghost Rider in Absolute Zero. I feel like there's an anime reference to be made here. Yeah, my hero. Yeah. All right. Well, seems academic, though. We're going up against Spite, who apparently is a Bane type, who's got drugs that he uses to power up and kind of go crazy. And yeah, he's a crazy serial killer. And, we'll and hunt him people. down. So, yeah, we're going to hunt him through the streets of the Pine Industrial Complex and, uh, try to bring him to justice so we're gonna do that and we'll be right back and let you know how it went all right so somehow we managed to survive and actually vanquish spike pure skill spite spite sorry card manipulation so i only cheated a little i did like how spite um Brought about his own downfall at your hands, though. That was pretty nice of him. So Chris had asked, um, well, why don't you go ahead and ask it again, Chris? I was just asking if we miss something from what do the other decks bring? Cause what do you mean? We, just, well, we saw decks. drugs. There wasn't the, the environments disappeared every time. So, so essentially with Spike, he had uh, two mechanisms going against each other. So... He has the drugs that essentially power him up um, and have him do more and more kind of incidental damage to us. And then he's got these victims that you either save or he kills. And when he kills them, different things happen based on which victim it happened to be. So sometimes it was discarding cards, sometimes it was taking damage, uh, so on and so forth. Now, there are other villains that actually have minions so, like, one of the ones in the base box that I know we've played a couple times is 
it's like a base that you're actually fighting. It's like the Omicron base or something where there are robots that you have to clear out before you can damage the boss himself. So every turn, a couple of robots are going to come up that you have to, then everyone at the table has to do some damage to, to get them cleared out. Otherwise you get overrun and you can't, uh, he just, you, you, you over, you get overrun and you can't take down the bad guy. Okay. A so, lot of my cards had damage where I could damage multiple targets, not mm-hmm. the same target three times. Yeah, same f- with mine. So from what I remember playing against other villains, they really do put out a lot more minions for you to deal with. Yeah. And there's sort of a, you kind of have to juggle target priority between do you target the main villain or do you target their minions who are buffing each other and the villain and mm. dealing damage and giving you bad things? And so right. the AOE matters a lot more. With Spite, um, he doesn't have any minions in his deck at all. Instead, no. he has the, 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 victims the victims that you have to save. That you have to save. And Chris, you never saw any of those because Steven was saving them yeah. every round whenever they came up. It made sense because... The the character that I chose, Captain Cosmic, the, the Green Lantern analog, <clears throat> he had some interesting things going on, but at the same time, I don't think he was really helping with this particular villain. Because with this particular villain, you needed to hit him hard. Like, you needed to hit him one time, and you needed to hit him hard. Where I had a little more AoE damage, and then I could augment the other players at the table. So that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to augment Cody because he could take he could do extra damage, and then um, some damage reduction for him. And and you know I tried to spread it over to Chris, but Chris was kind of doing all right on his own at the time. So that's why I didn't really prioritize you. I was but, fine with that. I yeah, I, I mean, impaled him. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah the the real all star were that were those impales. Um, yeah. The nineteen damage, the twenty damage that. Um, that Finished Samuel was able to, to to get in the end was great, but I really think those those impalings did the bulk majority of the damage. I, I, I agree. I think they did most of the damage. Most think, of the heavy lifting. I think my real contribution was just uh, the he can't deal. I had two cards that I hit him with that prevented him from dealing any damage for one round. Yeah, which, and you had two of those in a row. I had two of those in a row. Really allowed us to. I mean, which like on the one hand is like, oh, that's lucky. On the other hand, those were also in the bottom like eight cards of my deck. Yeah. So I, I did not get them for the whole game until the very end, mm-hmm. where they were helpful, but they probably would have been helpful earlier too. Well, would, the first like seven rounds when he would hurt us and heal himself. Yeah. So he basically got zero damage almost yeah, the first if six I, or seven If I rounds. tagged him with uh, one of those cards then, he wouldn't have healed. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have dealt any damage. But he would have then, once those cards wore off, he would have ended up healing himself anyway. I That's, really, it was really tough to get damage to stick when he was in his first form. He really, I mean, some of the other villains I felt it's played a little bit more like a back and forth, like a skirmish. Mm-hmm where you're trying to build up your hero and, and kind of counteract the villain building up their board. Um, this guy, it really felt more like a puzzle almost mm-hmm. where you had to, I mean, he basically just removed entire sections of the game. Yeah. Um, frankly, I wasn't a fan. Yeah. Right? And, and that's why I was asking, cause it did feel like there was something missing. And even 
certain environment cards have more going on. So we had the the Pike Industrial Complex, which had these VAT cards that did different things that both helped and hindered the board. So like it says reduce all damage. Well, that's great because it reduces damage to us, but it also sucks because it reduces damage well, going to him as well. They didn't matter because but, the yes. second... He has the five drug cards, which essentially give him special abilities that persist for the whole game. And like the second one, he got it in like the second turn mm-hmm. was a card that on his turn, he destroys all environment cards. Which uh, there would have been one that came out and he then immediately blows it up. Yeah. Right, destroy which, all environment. At the end of the villain turn, destroy all environment cards. Spike deals damage to each hero for uh for X psychic damage, where X is the number of environment cards destroyed this way. Yeah. So, Which, uh, I mean, to be honest, I think that's a badly designed ability. Right? Yeah. It, I mean, it's saying you, it gets rid of all environment cards, but you only draw one environment card a turn. Depending on the environment, but in general, yes. you draw one environment card a turn. So you draw the card, maybe it does something. If it sticks around, which I assume most of them stick around, mm-hmm. uh, then on his turn, it's immediately destroyed. We didn't even see an entire mechanic for the environment. There's no. rats. Now, well, that's more to do with the uh, turn. Well, yeah. But like, also, even if we'd seen them, they would have just blown yeah, up. Yeah, they would have just immediately gone away. So they would have shown up, bit somebody, and died. Yeah. Um, but as I was mentioning, there are other... <clears throat> so, for instance, there's like... A, there's a Jurassic Park themed one, like Isla Primal, yeah. Isla, Isla Prima or something like that, and it's a bunch of dinosaurs. That's how we get Jeremy in, and <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how you get Jeremy. And so, I think for the most part, like probably eighty percent of that deck is going to be dinosaur minions that you have to work on because, yeah. you know, at the beginning of the environment phase, if you've let them stay on the board, they're going to start hurting people. And they have a lot of hit points, too, if I recall. And it's one of those things where, you know, you really need your AOE on point because you got to whittle those down as well as the boss, the boss monsters or the boss, um, as well as the villains that have a lot of minions. You got to really kind of work that out. Yeah, that was the other thing where when I've played this game before, you have to really think about who you're targeting. Right, and where you're putting your damage and, and what's getting taken down. And with this guy, for, I was going to say 90% of the game, but no, for the entire game, he was the only target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which meant AOE cards were, I mean, they damaged him, but they were effectively worthless. Yeah, like They're the same had, single target. Like, a lot of my abilities were deal one damage to three targets which would be great but yeah to to spite i'm only doing one damage because i can't select him three yeah times. i had a bunch of cards that said the same thing i think cody did yeah, too i'm I sure chris had aoe multitude cards of equipment that they didn't let me they do don't that. matter against this guy um you don't have to think about i mean for single target mm-hmm. you have one target you don't think about it you just stack damage up uh which i was pretty disappointed by um yeah i think um I think I did a disservice randomly picking this guy. Um, there are a lot more dynamic, dynamic. And I think I'm going to say the word interesting villains out there. Um, you know, this guy could have been interesting, more interesting. Had he been 
somebody that we played down the line. Like he's got those weird mechanics. Like you said, he's kind of a puzzle. Yeah. Where I think at this stage of us playing Sentinels of the Multiverse, which essentially is like our first time, because uh, it's been eight years since we played it the last time. I've never played it. First time for Chris. Um, I really think we needed somebody a little more basic that had a bunch of, there was a target rich environment. I agree. Yeah. The, the forced entry card sucked um, where you essentially empty out your safe house and then kill one of the hostages or the victims yeah. that you've saved. The healing was what really sucked. The healing was, was frustrating because he, he healed for every damage he dealt. And then all of his, Almost all of his attacks were just area of effect. Yeah. He was hitting everybody. I don't right. know if I... Even the constructs, and that was giving him more healing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I um, verbalized it or not, but in my head it was, let's get as many people into the safe house as we can so when he gets his fifth drug and flips, <laughs> we can do a lot of damage because any damage that we do to him otherwise isn't going to matter. Yeah. But little did we know that he was going to go into the safe house, kill somebody, and kick yeah, the other guy out. Like we didn't know right that, away. We didn't know that card was there until after we had, you know, saved a couple of people. Well, yeah. I mean, I still him. think that's probably the better plan. Even he, if you don't save him, he just kills him. I think he flipped with like two damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah two I mean, damage, was, and then the ten from the the yeah, two hostages like we that had, we saved. We had spent a few rounds wailing on him and not done anything. Yeah. Well, one of his drug cards didn't help. Of every time you use a power. Yeah, take, take two, damage and take throw damage away, and mill five cards. Mill five cards, and right. that was his first and his one. Also, the first two damage that we gave to him didn't affect him at all. Yeah. So he had a couple of really good early power ups. I almost feel like we should have played it differently. Of just don't even bother shooting him. Just dig for cards. <laughs> yeah, find, find some better equipment. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. I didn't see most of my cards because I would just mill them out. Yeah, and I was looking. Uh, there was a couple cards that let me just shoot as many guns as I had out. I never had them in my hand. I think I think there's one vill- I remember there being one villain that dealt more damage the more henchmen they had out. Yeah. So you really needed AoE to keep their damage under control. Yeah, so there was there and was they, they the, clearly had like minions and then lieutenants that would come out. It was pretty neat. Yeah. Are you thinking about foe hunters? No. Okay. Cuz that's all I got to draw on and it's so similar to a couple of their bad guys. So that's that's another thing I wanted to to touch on. Um, cuz we've been complaining about like this specific villain for a bit so we didn't enjoy spite um he's rough leaving that aside uh this rule book is uh challenged a little i think it's uh just not very coherent the rules are kind of spread out it's difficult to find what you're looking for uh the terminology is a little confused like it, it feels the need to specify that there's a difference between destroying a card and discarding a card, uh, and was there a difference between destroying and discard? Just how no, they're removed? No, they, in it's both where cases, they were when they in, put, in, got put yeah, into the in discard pile. In both cases, they end up in the discard pile. But I, I know Cody's first thought and my first thought was when you destroy a card, you remove it from the game, put it back in the box. Which I think, with the modern games Mm -hmm. that's how that's used uh but for some reason they felt the need to specify that you can't discard a card in play you can destroy a card in play uh which is kind of weird and then there's stuff like uh when you're when you run out of cards in your deck 
uh, for some reason, the rule for, for you just shuffle and keep going. You but, shuffle your discards. And, yeah, yeah, but for some reason, the rule for that is mentioned in the conflict resolution box. Kind of buried away. I had to dig through the glossary to find you know, the, the rules for, for targeting and exactly what things counted as what. Yeah, that was, that was a weird place for that. And, you know, the game is pretty darn simple at its it, core it at is. its core it, it is it just feels like it wouldn't have been that hard for them to just put a little more thought into writing up the rules yeah and that's what the second edition probably fixes uh, probably and there's probably a rule book for one of the expansion sets that i didn't bring i mean i i did i liked the game right yeah um i didn't i, I wish we'd played against a different villain but i did enjoy the the basics of the game I like the character decks. I think each hero was doing something interesting. Okay, well, I mean, we all won, so it's kind of hard to say who goes first. Hands in. Go team. One, two, three. Go team. Go team. Um, I think you're on a roll, so I'll let you go ahead and uh, give your, your one to ten. He was the one that made the final I mean, he, he did He did put all did, the glory. I did get all the glory. He had the killing blow. So. I landed the killing blow. What a hero. I blocked a ton of damage. You gave us a lot of cards. I, I gave. Yeah, so what did we draw? Like six cards from <laughs> yeah, that something one. Like that. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I, I really uh, got into the support role at the end there. Um. So I enjoyed this game. Um, as we kind of touched on earlier, it, it has some rough edges. Um, there are definitely better designed villains than this one. Um. But that that doesn't quite excuse all of the little rule foibles. There's a lot of little things you have to keep track of. And they they do a decent job of giving you these little placards to help you kind of remember. But at the same time, it's it's really you've got a tableau of like six cards that you have to well, read I, I every think turn. that's I think that's this guy has five cards of five cards worth of special abilities where they each have a paragraph or two on them. yeah, like. He's a complicated villain. He's really kind of a puzzle. So I don't want to, I don't want to take that into account, right? Uh, because I know there are better designed villains. I liked the different characters. They're not all necessarily balanced, mm-hmm. um, but I think they all have. They all bring their own strengths and weaknesses to certain types of villains. They, they do. I mean, yeah. like I had the card where I got to hit every non-hero target. And if I did damage to them, they couldn't deal damage until the start of my next turn, mm-hmm. right? I just shut everything down for two rounds, which was fantastic. Is that balanced? Well, maybe, but who? it's a cooperative game. Who cares? It's yeah. fun. And I felt like... I mean, I, I felt like I had an identity for mm-hmm. my deck, right? I wanted to, I actively looked through my deck for those cards. I had a big hand. I handed out a bunch of cards. I was doing something that felt uh, certainly unique to our, the game we just played, if not unique in all of the hero decks available. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like each of you guys were doing something unique. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm looking for in this sort of game, Right. Give me an, an interesting, engaging villain. Give me interesting and engaging character decks, and we can make the rest work out. So this is this is a it's a good seven. So Chris, um, you actually I think your character Absolute Zero did the bulk of the beating on uh, on Spite 
with the uh, the ice spikes that you lay down at its feet. Why don't you go next and give us your number? You know, this game, um, I, I was thinking about when we were playing it. It felt, I liked games that tell a story, and this, this game did tell a story. Um, I was thinking of like Endgame or something along those lines. Those lines. We were getting our asses kicked. And I mean, it felt like there was no hope. I mean, everybody at the table was saying, one more round and I'm dead. One more round and I'm dead. Oh, yeah. I think, what, the three rounds from the end? Yeah. It just, it just felt like... We had single-digit like health there was collectively. no hope. There was no chance. And then Tachyon stood up and, like, blocked all the, the damage. And you could feel it coming back. And so it was just kind of like that. It's like, oh, we, yeah. We pulled together as a team. Yeah. We got another round. <laughs> Let's go, guys. And then it's like, yes, we got another round. What can we pull out of our butts to, to get this win? Yeah, so if it, we hadn't killed him that last round, I think oh, everyone was dead. It would have been bad. Uh, my <laughs> impaling might have finally kicked in. Well, you might have lived. You might have been was, able to pull it out, but everyone else was dead. <laughs> yeah, I would have died first, and I could have applied my... My one damage reduction to you. No, you okay? You had two health. I had two health, and Cody had one. I would have died. And well, he would have died before. I would have died before his turn. Ah, yes. So I yeah. could have. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. It was a good story. It was a good story. It felt good. It had a so, third act. except for the part where we failed to save any of the victims. See, yeah, so they shouldn't have been there. <laughs> <laughs> and all the ones Blame that the didn't victim. come out. Yeah. We saved two, Samuel, two. So as far as my score, I started with 29 points. I ended with seven health you points. You mean health? Yeah. So I'm going to rate it seven Seven HPs. health points. Seven health points out of 20, 29. 29. <laughs> what, a, what a scale. Ooh. Uh, we were supposed to do one to 10. Did you not get that It was memo? one to 10. Uh, I ended with seven <laughs> hit points. So, you know, I, I think about the types of cooperative games that are out there. You got your pandemics, you've got, um, God, I don't really, we don't really play a lot of cooperative games. Uh, well, defenders of do. the realm, which was kind of shadows over Camelot, Lord of the Rings. So I've rings. never played that one. Level so. seven invasion. Didn't play that you one. You don't want to play Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, come on now. So I don't, I don't have a it's lot a of experience with co-op games. No, I, and really you, enjoy co-op I, games. I know you guys I know you play a lot of co-ops outside of this group with your other your other friends and your wife and all those people <clears throat> but for me I like co-op games that like you've both said have very distinct characters because like all right so with pandemic you know everyone's got their little ability that they can do and that's great that gives everyone a little bit of character but everyone's the same enough or at least they have the same set of parameters to get to the goal where that alpha gamer problem can be a thing it's really easy to quarterback it's really easy to quarterback a lot of co-op games and i think with this one because of just the amount of choices and options available to each person based on how their character deck is designed and how they're even playing that character deck because that can vary from player to player as well i think this creates an experience where the quarterbacking is really difficult to do yeah and so for me like we're all you know we're cooperating i'm sitting here looking at everyone's uh, bored and saying, okay, I've got this construct that I can make. Which one of you thinks you can uh, benefit the most from it? 
and typically it was Cody that would benefit the most. And so I'd say like five, five times I gave to Cody and one time I gave to Chris and I tried to give to Sam one time, but we realized it would be kind of worthless. Yeah. I would have just killed myself trying to make use of it. So, you know, it, it, there was not one of us saying, okay, this is what you need to do on your turn. And this is what you need to do on your turn. It was a lot of, okay, this is what I can bring to the table when mm-hmm. it comes around to my turn. Like, these are the things that I can do. And it wasn't like, this is what you should do. So for that, I really enjoy that aspect of Sentinels of the Multiverse. And on top of that, like Chris mentioned, there is a narrative arc to this game. I don't think the narrative arc against Spite was as interesting as some of the other villains that we've played in the past, but you know, I still had a good time and I'm glad we won because now I can put him back in the box and we never have to look at him can again. We not put him back in the box. I'm going to put him back in the box <laughs> and cover him up with something. I don't know. He's just going to go back in the box and he's not going to come put out a little for a while. baggy of shame. I do have a uh, fire pit out back. You can leave the promo card out. So with all that said, um, I really like Sentinels. I'm really sad that it's taken us this long to get it back to the table. You know, I know John doesn't particularly care for it, but I think he would agree with me in giving this a seven because, as I said, for a cooperative experience, this gives you narrative, this doesn't have the quarterbacking issue and i mean the art style i kind of like um it's invocative and you know it's a lot of fun so i do enjoy the art style that's what i'm going to stick with i'm going to give it a good solid seven cody you're up yeah it's my turn this is your first rating how do you feel it's you a little little nervous oh yeah don't give it too much thought (laughs) i've already given enough thought um i i enjoyed this game a lot I didn't feel like I was really doing much for the first half of the game. Besides just ripping armor oh, off great. of Spite. He has yeah, no watching him again. heal for everything. Uh, I guess I got lucky enough to get the shotgun that did hey. the most damage. We we all got to collect damage tokens. <laughs> Boy, did we collect them. Boy, how did we? I collected the most. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt like expatriate was probably meant for a different villain. I feel like there's some some picking of your team you need to do if you know what villain or picking of the villain based on the team you have. You know, I don't know. I like the idea of just Whoever I mean, not around. completely random. I like maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I would do this. I don't think there's a good way to do it mechanically, but I do agree with Cody that some heroes, just by nature of having unique decks and unique abilities, are going to be just more interesting to play against specific villains, yeah. right? Um, that's just the way it is. Like, imagine you're playing a hero whose whole ability set revolves around having environment cards off out in play for you to key off of. Yeah, I mean... And then you play against this guy, and there are never any environment cards. Yeah, you feel a little... You feel, feel a little Armstrong. You yeah. go, well, I wish I'd played literally anyone else. <laughs> a power out turn one that was shoot any non-hero target that comes out. No, never happened. Yeah, no targets ever appeared. The only thing it was good for was pulling it back into my hand with the drug power. Oh, yeah. you could have shot at my constructs to I, trigger them. <laughs> no, because it said non-hero yeah, target. Yeah, it's non-hero target. Yeah. Um, it, we've had other games where things like that. Like, think about Thunderstone. Like, if you get a bad combination with Thunderstone, it's not a very enjoyable some game. Games but, it the, has a, but, you know, the, the difference... Well, all right. 
So the thing about Thunderstone is I'm, I'm experienced enough with Thunderstone that I don't really make random decks anymore. Like I'll pull the randomizers out and I'll be like, no, that's not, that's not a good card. And I'll toss it and I'll go to the next one. And then once I've got like three or four of the village cards, I'll be like, okay, there are two that I want because they synergize with these two cards that I've already. Right. So for me, like with Thunderstone, like I've got enough experience with that to where I know what works and what doesn't work. Right. So you have a lot of experience. The same applies here, I think, where if you had a lot of experience, you could say, okay, these heroes and this villain will play together interestingly or these heroes synergize well together yeah i think we probably should have picked the villain first and then picked our heroes based around that yeah but then but again if you don't have that experience yeah. how do you know i'm sure there's somebody online who wrote about it yeah well and then there's even knowing what your hero is that's true too like i don't think like i understood i understood how absolute zero and tachyon worked we i have experience with both of it um Captain Cosmic and Expatriate. Expatriate. I'm sorry, Expatriate. Um, I've never played with, so I had an idea of how they worked, but I'm more familiar with the other two uh, heroes. So with those two, I kind of knew what to expect. By by the end, I figured it out. Yeah. Of just you kind of pull ammo out, load it in your guns, fire it off, use your cards to get it back. Every once in a while, you get the unload card and fire them all at once which just didn't happen with this villain because I was <laughs> milling them all out of my deck, which yeah. helped find ammo, but yeah. I and, lost all my cool cards. And it would have been a much more interesting experience for you if you'd had to make decisions about who to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been tougher. Well, we interrupted you. Continue with your uh, with your final thoughts. Uh, and I lost my train of thought. Sorry. It's so it was a good discussion about... Thunderstone. Thunderstone. Well, and, and how being familiar with a game increases the amount of enjoyment you can get mm-hmm. from it yeah and i feel more familiar with it now trying a different hero i'd probably have a better eye out of how to play them from the get-go yeah i probably should have well i so when i suggested playing sentinels on the multiverse i did not want to bring the entire collection yeah, it's a it lot this huge thing it's a it's a lot yeah it's like a 60 pound box with yeah. all the cards it's probably got as much stuff as samuel's root collection I think it's probably, I think it has more. I think it's probably more than that. So I, I in our in our group text, I was like, "All right, here's a list of all the heroes." It, I found this list on Board Game Geek. It gave um, what the analogs were. So, for instance, Expatriate was like a, a Punisher, Batman kind of analog, yeah. and Captain Cosmic was like a Green Lantern, and Tachyon was like the Flash, and Absolute Zero obviously is. Um, Mr. Freeze. What's that guy from... Captain Cold. (laughs) Yeah, like Captain Cold. Like Captain Cold. But also Heat Wave. Mr. Freeze. Sub-Zero. The Human Torch. The Human... The Human Iceman. (laughs) Torch. Anyway, his name's just Iceman, I think, actually. So, um, yeah, I sent the text out. I was like, here's the list. Pick two and... That way, I, I don't have to bring the entire collection. So I mean, you guys all you pick, pick two. two. We just kind of did, yeah, just to give some variation. And uh, you know, so that way, I didn't have to bring the whole box. And you know, it would have been interesting to be able to go through everybody because I think somebody like Bunker would have helped. Bunker yes. has a lot of damage reduction. He's kind of a tank. Well, he, he even looks like a tank or yeah. a healer. Or- yeah, like Ra would have been great to have because he does healing, and I, there's a couple other people that do healing too, but I really think Bunker would have been great for this guy. 
Anyway, um, back to Cody. We'll stop interrupting you. I promise. That's all good. Uh, yeah, well, I, I definitely enjoyed the story it had. Uh, we got into the third act where all looked awful for us. Definitely convinced I was going to lose and die. And we pulled it out. Yeah, all survived. All survived. Barely. Some of our teeth. Um, yeah, all in all, pretty good. I'd definitely play it again. Um, I think I used several ammo cards. I think I'd give it a seven bullets out of ten. Is Sentinels of the Universe, is it multiverse. still available? Sentinels of the Multiverse, sorry. Is it still available out there, or right. is it another hard-to-find They're game? on their third edition, Chris. I know. I'm seeing like the third edition for like $19. Well, well that's pretty it good. sounds like it's still available. Sounds but like you but get I'm looking that. at the one that we're playing and stuff, and I'm seeing some for like $200. Like oh, the whole. I don't think the first edition is still available if they're on their third. Yeah, if they're yeah. printing so, a third. So, yes, uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse is still available. I saw it in the retail store uh, at Games and Stuff a couple of days ago when I just happened to go in. And I, I suspect that you can probably get the first edition for fairly cheap because a lot of people were dumping their collections to get the newer editions. Um, yeah, that kind of is an open question. Is the newer edition better than the older one? I mean, it might be clearer, but I think... The rules could definitely use a rewrite. The, the rules could definitely use a rewrite, but I think, um, you know, we have enough experience to be able to get through that type of a, an issue. There was some some difficulty, but yeah. But I, I think the gameplay and the experience is pretty much the same. I don't think anything is going to radically change um, from edition to edition. Maybe so. I'll look into it and see what the differences are. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, just download the second edition rulebook. Yeah, I, I know some of the cards have been reworded. In all honesty, whatever version you can get, I would say give it a shot because this is a pretty legacy version win. <laughs> Infinite legacy version win. So the the last expansion, the um, the Oblivion, is a kind of a campaign where you're taking on a Galactus level uh, bad guy. So exactly where his his um his character card instead of just one card is like actually a book that you fold through you f- you flip through nice so I didn't want to bring that one out I figured that would be a little much I've been a great first adventure but yeah so next week it's a great game <laughs> go out and play it um somebody you know has it probably yeah I it seems like they, a pretty common one if they don't I mean it's you don't need a lot to be able to play this. I mean, you, there's a lot of room to play in just the base box because the base box, if I recall, comes with 10 different heroes and I think six different villains. And if you're playing with four players, that's that's a lot of heroes to kind of cycle through. 10 different heroes and eight villain and eight villains. How many how many environments? Uh, it just says 60 environment cards. 60. So 60, but I don't know how many different... So it's 15, is. so it's 4. Oh, sorry. So there's 10 heroes, 4 villains, and then... Four we environments? 4 environments. Okay. So I mean, even it's still, still a lot. So right? even still, that is a lot to be able to cycle through. So if you can find just the base box, and to be honest, some of the base characters are really good. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're... They're maybe slightly more straightforward, but I mean, they're even they're even a couple of complicated ones. That's, in that's there a, too, I mean, so. straightforward is a far cry from boring. Yeah, yeah, right. And the setup on this game didn't take very long to put it out on the table. It was no. basically everybody got a deck, you shuffle it, draw yourself four. The longest part was figuring out what the villain does 
yeah. and putting out his cards. And, and that's, you know. And then we got started. You just mm-hmm. got to pick and get started. I think also Sentinels of the Multiverse, I know there's an RPG. Are mm-hmm. there also actual comics? I was wondering because there is, if you like flavor, uh, quotes from either real or fictional comics at the bottom of every card. So the comic thing, honestly, I, I don't know the answer. But what I recall was when this was contemporary, there was not actually a comic. It probably came. It later was. It was it kind exists. of. A, this is a game based on a fictional comic. That I mean, yeah. all comics are fictional, but it's a fictional fictional yeah. comic. <laughs> it was not written. <laughs> I, I refuse to play any game that isn't based off of a, a real life comic book. Well, you shouldn't have played this. <laughs> so you better go write one. Oh, that's right. There was a video game too. There was. There was. I remember. You remember we demoed it at Gen Con? We did. Yeah. That feels like forever ago. That, that does, does feel, feel like forever ago. Was that I remember that as we well. We played the game together? That might. No, we played it. Yeah. It I, released I in 2014. The video See? game? Or yeah. The, yeah, we'd, play, we'd played this I before then. No, wait, hold on. This is the card yeah, game. Else. Yeah, there's no way. I don't. Yeah, that, that's I don't the think card I was at Gen game. Con in 2014. <laughs> but there was a. You remember it was like a. Like a 3D XCOM type game yeah, it's where like a you, tactical you ran movement. your hero around. Yeah, and, Sentinels, and, Sentinel Tactics or something like that. It was something like that. It was. It was pretty good. Yeah, and then there's an RPG the that uh, a lot of people like. I mean, I I'm not. I'm not a big too. role player. We've, That's Samuel's wheelhouse. We, we tested it. Um, we didn't play the release version. It was like a beta or something. Um, and it was okay. Um, it really felt more like kind of a, it didn't feel like much of an RPG. It felt like a board game hmm. that we were playing in our brains, in my opinion, because of all the, the different effects and it wasn't much, you know, it, it wasn't bad. All right. Well, that was Sentinels of the Multiverse. Um, you know, I'd like to give us another go. I, I feel like we could, uh, probably rope John into playing and all right, well, we'll, uh, we'll call it with that. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, Cody. Chill out. I'm we'll gonna get be- you. Stop that. <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Both of you. Both of you to the penalty box. I'm, I'm so happy. You're going to gonna start there next game. So happy to be able to end my first visit to this podcast not in the penalty box. Chris, Sam, Cody, and I thank you for joining us in conversation about Sentinels of the Multiverse. Multiverse. You can join the conversation by visiting our website, gamesfromthecellar.com, where you can find links to our social media and Discord server. The Pick or Play poll for July is now open until June 30th. Join us in our Discord to nominate and vote for your game that you want us to play in July. I vote for Monopoly. Monopoly it is. We look forward to hearing from you.